Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be travelling to a galaxy far, far away to look for a lost map, a lost droid, and to try and understand ultimately why we actually bothered. Yes, it's Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and joining me to anger Reddit is comedy writer and actor Tom Crowley. Hello, Tom. Hello, I'm I'm firing on all cylinders with hot takes to oh. to wreck the MRAs. We're going to sort it out today. That's right. Yeah, no one else has talked about this. So I'm quite excited. No, absolutely, no one has ever discussed any Star Wars project in any medium online. No. So I'm, I'm I'm excited, but also mildly nervous. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the key thing is that we're breaking new ground, and mm. I think we'll be we'll we'll learn our place in Wikipedia for this. Yeah, I think we will if we force ourselves to do oh, it to awake. 
Yeah, I'm going to force myself awake and talk about the Force Awakens. <laughs> so, were you a Star Wars? Are you a Star Wars fan? Were you before you died? You no, know, I really, really am. I, I'm sort of, a, I'm weirdly erratic because uh, I, I mean, I loved. It was when they re-released the um, the original trilogy in cinemas yes. with the unnecessary CGI additions. <sighs> that was my first time. Weirdly. My my dad had videoed Return of the Jedi with ad breaks yeah. off of ITV, and yeah. I had a VHS tape of that. So I saw that one first mm. and had all of the big reveals blown for me. Mm. Uh, in, you know, Le- Leia is Luke's sister, Darth Vader's their dad. Sorry, spoilers for spoilers. the listeners. Uh, sorry, sorry, I don't want to don't spoil anything for the young fans. No. But, um, <laughs> I get a lot of young people listening to this podcast, as you can imagine. I imagine so, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's your constant references to twerking and Fortnite that do it, but... No, I was um, I I, lo- I was I was bl- absolutely blown away when I when I saw um, the, the first, you know Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and then mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Yeah, I was young enough when the prequels came out that I was just talking about this yesterday with my fiance actually when we mm. were watching Force Awakens. But Ooh, I was you've saying, got a fiance, yeah, we get I, it, Tom. I know Ugh, Tom's got a fiance <laughs> sitting in a tree, but um, I have. I'm very grown up. Yeah. And um, the yeah, I, I was young enough when each successive prequel came out that when I saw it, I would hugely enjoy it in the cinema and come out going, oh, yeah, 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 it was good. But by the time each successive next one came out, I would have sort of realised by then that the previous one had been terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> and yeah. so that was my relationship with Star Wars. And I remember when this one came out, there was a sort of, I think by then the Marvel Universe had all sort of kicked off mm. and, and the norm had been established that if a, a tentpole movie comes out in a successful franchise like that, mm. uh, and, and you know this has already been brought up into the, the Disney Marvel media panopticon, it will like the it seemed to be that it will at least be all right. Yeah. Like the sort of which in, I, I'd like to talk about this more, but I think there's a kind of a it's a bit of a shame that really shonky franchise management has gone out the window. Yeah, in for the most part with 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 sort of Hollywood licenses because you know as as has been talked about uh, a lot in various places, all the expanded universe novels and games are suddenly non-canon. All these slightly kind of you know varying quality spin-offs don't now don't exist. Replaced instead by an undeniably sort of good-looking and competent official follow-up. Mm. And I think so, so nothing sums it up better than Force Awakens, really, I think, in, oh, in that way. Yes, yeah, spot on. Uh, but I would, I would argue that shonky franchise management has occurred with this trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. Now, I haven't, I'm going to put my, my flag in the ground now mm. and say that, well, I haven't seen it since release, but I really loved The Last Jedi when I saw it in the cinema. Uh-huh. I haven't seen The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch Rise of Skywalker because the, the big things about it that were contentious have been were spoiled for me about 15 minutes after it came out oh. on the internet, and uh, I went, that's rubbish, mm-hmm. and as such, I've never seen it. Yeah, and you were very wise to, because it is oh, good. absolute dog shit. Oh, dear. Uh, to the point where I don't, it came on Disney Plus recently, and I just thought... I have no desire to ever watch that again. <laughs> well, I, I must thank you actually because I it was a, it was a mixed experience watching Force Awakens again, but I really enjoyed mm. watching it again. And I wouldn't, I hadn't gone back to watch it since I saw it in the cinema. This is a nice bit of history for me actually. I saw it on Boxing Day with my mum and dad uh, in the cinema. You know, as, you know, I, I was twenty eight years old. No, mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was a grown man. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was, I was at theirs for for Christmas yeah. and as a sort of. So semi-tradition not really official one we went to the cinema mm. saw The Force Awakens and my dad's always loved Star Wars uh, he and I had watched them together when I was a kid mum's not really into science fiction at all but she came out of The Force Awakens and her review was oh it was lovely except for all the fighting mm. 
Mm. <laughs> no, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, good, that's a good solid three star, I think, from Mum. Take that, Kermode. That's right. You Kermode. You Kermogen. Yeah. Mm. Um, do, do you think? Do you think this film resonated so well with everybody because a it goes along at a fair whack, so you don't really get a chance to get bored. And B, it copies all the same beats from A New Hope. I mean, everybody's always talking about that, but it kind of does, doesn't it? It, it? I mean, I was going to. One thing I was going to bring up was you could do a sort of time and motion study of of Star Wars and The Force Awakens and mm. f- work out if proportionally to their running time, the same moments happen at every point exactly yeah. the same. Like, it would be really interesting. 13% of the way through the film, someone puts a file inside a droid. Mm. You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But I'd also counter your first point and say, I think this film is about half an hour too long. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. The end. I think for the first 45 it's minutes, it doesn't throughout. stop. No, yeah, exactly. And it, yeah. But it does sort of, there's pace to it all the way through. It is entertaining. Mm. But having watched it a second time with a bit more of an analytical cap on, you go, this film cannot justify being over two hours long. No. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's, let's yes. dig in. Yeah, yeah, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Right, Sleeves are rolled up. So we start off with Max von Sydow. Oh, what a way to start. What a way. Who recently passed away. Yeah, rest in peace. I said that the second he turned up, I went, oh, rest in peace. Yeah, Father Merian. Yes, that's him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the classic character, Father Merian. That's right. It's weird that he's playing Father Merian in this, but I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a weird cameo, but it does sort of... It's like they're setting their stall out right away and going, this isn't just any old rubbish, mate. Mm. We've got Max von Sydow in this. Yeah, and also, like, if, you get the, if you get the companion piece, because, you know, famously with Rise of the Skywalker, they've retconned loads of it through um, uh, books of the film. Like, oh, that might be a spaceship to you, but it's actually this, this, and this. Yes. If you get the, the book of the film of uh, The Force Awakens, it says Max von Sydow, Father Mirren, explains how after The Exorcist, where he looks like he's died... Yes, he's actually found a spaceship in some woods. And oh, that's off. good. I'm glad to hear they cleared that up. Like uh, Palpatine coming back. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. Father Merian was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't die. No, no, no. He's fine. He found uh, a spaceship and he travelled to um, Jakku. That's right. Where he he set up as a sort of intergalactic refugee smuggler, <laughs> Jedi, stroke exorcist. If it needed, yes, if they needed exorcist. it, he'd always say, "Just so you know." I'm also quite good at exorcisms. <laughs> they cut that from the screenplay for they time, did, and I think did. that's a shame. I think just shame. to keep that in, it should have been at least 20 minutes longer. They also made him a man that's really bad at doing comebacks. Oh, yeah. Because right. when, when Kylo Ren turns up, obviously, he gives the map. Oh, I, I hate that it's a map. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. He gives a map to Poe, who then, you know, he says, oh, great, I can finally find Luke Skywalker or whatever. Yep. And uh, then Kylo Ren turns up and he says, you should leave. And then Ren turns up and says to Max von Sydow, look how old you've become, which is very cutting. Yes, it's very, very, very harsh. That's quite barbed, I would say. It is, isn't it? And then Merian comes back with, well, something worse has happened to you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You need to think about that one. No, I'm not. You could have said that. (laughs) Would that be good? (laughs) Much better. You got so old. Well... No, I'm not. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd like that. Much better. I think there should be more room for that sort of comeback in, in films. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about with the careful franchise management. They won't allow a comeback like, no, you are. <laughs> See, we're fixing this film already. I know, I know. Hire us, for God's sake. Please. Disney Pixar Star Wars. Hire Please. us. I mean, they Plus. might. They're working their way through everybody. I'd like to be hired because so. I'll guarantee to get fired by about three weeks into it. And I'd have quite a lot of money for doing nothing. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can probably just like eat a muffin and make two cups of coffee at, mm. at Disney Pixar Star Wars Plus, and and still walk away with about two, three million. I'd, I'd make a cup of coffee and then I'd go up to Kathleen Kennedy's office, knock on the door, and she'd open. You know, she'd say, "Come in," because she's not rude. And I'd no, go no. in and I'd say, 
I'm thinking in the next film that Han Solo's balls explode and then she'll go, <laughs> you're fired. And I'll be like, thanks very much. <laughs> I mean, it'd be worth it just to say, it'd be worth it to say that to Kathleen Kennedy yeah, <laughs> just yeah. once in your life and to get the two or three million pounds you'd have made saying it. Yeah. Yeah, and that'd then, be good. Then I'd go home. What, what's the one pitch I would make, right? Mm. I think I think the pitch that I would make mm. is that, um, and I wouldn't care in what context this happened. Yeah, but I'd like to see an old returning like Star Wars in in either Ryan Johnson's trilogy or Taika Waititi's film or, or whichever other sort of beloved independent director is making a Star Wars film now. Mm. At some point, I want to see a Boba Fett helmet upside down on someone's end table with a bunch of flowers planted <laughs> in it. And yeah. I don't care when that is. It could be like a very, a very aged, yeah. um, who knows, Bib Fortuna or something, mm. one, or other Star Wars name. And it, they visit him in his retirement home. Salacious. I want it to be Salacious Crumb because he'd, like, he'd be like Joe Pesci, at the, Joe Pesci at the end of the Irishman. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm going yeah. to the church now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got a little Boba Fett helmet with oh, um, amazing. flowers in it. I like that. And the narration says he always did like to laugh. <laughs> and then he says no I'm not and that's <laughs> it, it comes together it's poetry it rhymes yeah, exactly. it's like Beautiful. George Lucas always says yeah he works in rhyming couplets that's right yes he does he does, he does. Yeah. yeah George Lucas coughs with mucus see it works <laughs> he's a poet but he wasn't aware of it oh he had no idea no uh, but we need to talk about uh, Kylo Ren I really like the character of Kylo Ren to be yes. serious for a moment I think that's quite an interesting character they've brought up there because he's effectively a fanboy. He's like, you know, wearing Ramones t-shirts and stuff, but with yes, helmets. But he's never heard of Ramones album. No. He loves Darth Vader, but he's never met him. No. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. And also we get to see his powers straight away, which I think is really cool. The bit where Poe shoots at him and he stops the blast halfway. Yes. Very cool. I think that's very cool. And also that mm. brings up a wider point I've got here that one mm. thing that I think J.J. Abrams just fundamentally does get as a filmmaker mm. and a sort of, you know, a contributor to a big canon like this. Yeah. He gets what is cool to see, yeah. particularly when you're freed from just having like a limited run, like, you know, the three films of, of Star Wars. Mm. When you've got more time, mm. he's, he interrogates the little corners of that world. And the examples that I had mm. were a tethered TIE fighter trying to break away from the wall. Like, yeah. what, what, just that sort of the physical reality of watching that's really cool same thing mm. with the force uh you know a force stopping the laser yeah looks really nice and a really beautiful image that i love which reminded me of those um john harris mass paintings mm. is is ray a lone tiny scavenger just fishing about in the bowels of a downed star destroyer like all that stuff is just like yes this is the sort of the opportunity you get with with extending a franchise like this yeah, and, yeah. You know, or doing sequel after sequel is you get to just poke about in these little extra parts of the universe you hadn't considered. Yeah. That's so nice to see. But anyway, yes, correct. The laser bolt is extremely cool. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that... I love his mask. I mean, you could have really fucked that up. I mean, if you thought, we need to make a new mask and make it look nothing like Darth Vader, but also conjure up Darth Vader. Yeah, immediately make it seem like Darth Vader and yeah. a bit of Boba Fett as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think there's such a, another thing which is done so well. And I, mm. I sort of have a weird affection for it because a comic artist called Glyn Dillon, who is, is brilliant. And, and he did a load of work for like 2008 and things early on. Mm. And then he'd sort of disappeared into film concept world. Mm -hmm. And around the time Force Awakens came out, it was announced that he was a designer on it, which was quite cool. Like, oh, cool. Like real comics, you know, British comics talent getting to go and work with the big boys on the big films. Yeah. So that was exciting. But he also released a great uh, graphic novel called The Now of Brown, which was, you know, a big sort of mainstream hit, won awards and stuff. Mm. And so, so for a very short time, it was like he, he was everywhere and his work is gorgeous. And I'm, I'm, I think 
he's the I don't know if he's the brain behind Kylo Ren, but he is the brain behind the uh, putting the extra lines on the stormtrooper helmets to make them just look that little bit different. Like which been, is a, like a very simple Apple. but very good tweak. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, the Apple Apple Mac stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Mm. I like. I mean, th- there's a lot of. I think what's funny about this film, which we will get into as we go into it more, is that as you mentioned, that JJ is very good about. I call him JJ because I know him quite well. Because you're good friends, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very good at setting up a stall and saying, right, this is what we've got now, like he did with the first Star Trek film that he rebooted. Yes. With the idea of we're in a different dimension, we can do what we like. And in this one, it's basically we've got all these little traps and plots and all sorts of things. Won't it be fun to investigate them further? No. <laughs> That's the answer. No, but this is it. I, I've, I've thought this for a while, actually, but... Mm. He's not great at endings. No, is JJ like I, I? Cloverfield sort of gets away with it because it's you know it's the only ending that you can really conceivably do, but it's not particularly new or exciting. No. And I loved Super Eight, except that in the last kind of twenty minutes, it just goes, "Oh yeah, we need to end this film at some point." I yeah. guess this is the ending, and then Same. it ends. Yeah, and I, I think that's just as a writer or a sort of story crafts person, I think that's his that's his weakness from what I've seen. Anyway, so he I don't was want to possibly the worst person to bring in to finish a trilogy. Yeah, I mean, possibly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of rumors. I mean, with these sorts of massive projects, you hear so many rumors flying about. But I had heard that like Ryan Johnson was going to be doing the second and third, mm. and then there was I think some speculation that he'd been booted because there was a mixed reaction to Last Jedi. So well, then they got JJ back in a panic. But I don't know what if, what if any of that is true. No, it was it was going to be Colin Trevorrow who did Jurassic World. Okay, he was doing Episode Nine, and his script magically, mysteriously leaked just as uh, Rise of Skywalker came out. Right. And his script was called Dura of the Fates. And although it was still a bit shit, it was much better right, than okay. what eventually uh, transpired to come out. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a I'll shame. I'll say one thing about, Ky- just to go back to Kylo Ren's mask, mm. I think mm. my one complaint is that the... The effect that's on it is just a little too extreme. Like, it mm. is... Just through a sort of, uh, you know, I've, I have a reasonable home entertainment setup, John, mm, uh, mm, as you know. Mm. But uh, I, I was finding it occasionally a little tricky to hear him. And I think, and I, what it made me think as well is that famously Darth Vader, a different man doing the voice than is in the suit. Yeah. And, you know, in that you had, you know, you had James Earl Jones enunciating absolutely everything. What? Mm. Mm. You know, and mm. in this, you've got mumbly Adam Driver being very good. He's a good actor and a good character. He's great. But, you know, combine mumbling with, it's just mm. it's a little too much going on and I, I think they could have just you know in, in Logic Pro they could have just brought the slider down a little bit on yeah. that effect you know or maybe made it higher yeah or just so you like that that would also be put some fun. Fa- put some phaser on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd love it I'd love it like the beginning of Bohemian Rhapsody yeah <laughs> I want it to sound exactly it like that he talks just like that all the time in the stereo, left to right. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Imagine that, that in 5.6. Can you put some of that on all of this conversation? I will not. Oh, okay. Because your voice is a, a, a thing of beauty, Tom. I oh, thank you very much. Dare I, I've worked very hard on it. Defile it. Um, <laughs> so this is what, another thing. We talk about Kylo Ren now. Yes. Ulti- ultimately, spoiler alert, anyone who hasn't seen the entire trilogy, Kylo is redeemed at the end. Uh, through okay. through uh, a, a, a parting of bullshit curtains 
Uh, he's redeemed. Now, at the beginning Sorry, of this what? film... I mean, as I say, I haven't seen Rose Skywalker. He opens some curtains. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just using that as a metaphor. Though. Oh, okay, he, fine, he, fine. He, he goes through a process, which is just total bullshit. He doesn't even part some real curtains. He doesn't. That's outrageous. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Just, just some beef ones. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> if only. If only. Chance would be a fine thing. Wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, and he didn't even... I know. Um, so, <laughs> he... Um, now, he starts this film as uh, the, the centre of evil. He's basically Darth Vader in A New Hope. He isn't, yep. the, he isn't the top brass, but he's someone to be feared. Mm. Uh, the first thing he does is commit genocide. Yeah, pretty good for a start, yeah. Yeah, and then later on in the film, spoiler alert, we will get there, he murders his own father. Yeah, really bad that, yeah. And also really. what stands and watches is the people he works for blows up an entire planet, or three planets, I think it is. Yeah, because they had to raise the stakes and they blew up mm. one whole planet. They blew up Alderaan in mm. A New Hope. And yeah. then in this, they had to go like, no, 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 no. We're doing everything completely differently. Mm. We've blown up three planets. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, a different film. It's different. It's a different film, guys. What are you talking about? And our Death Star's a bit bigger as well. Yeah, it's a planet as well. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it just bothers me the idea that this character could have any form of redemption. And, and well, I suppose you could. You'd have to set it up, but not do it in the very last minute of a film. Yes, I think well, you've got to be careful with that sort of thing. And I think that with, um, I mean, again, with it following so closely all these beats, like but what it when it does just put a little twist on things, it does it very well. Like, as you mm. say, having uh, incel Reddit Darth Vader as your main baddie yeah. creates an inherently different sort of power dynamic. And having mm. him not be the person who very calmly chokes his first officer to death, mm. instead of that, he's the guy who throws a tantrum and lightsabers his own MacBook to bits, yeah. you know, because he's so upset. Which is a great uh, choice. Failure. Great choice, I think. It's a good choice. Yeah, it's yeah. very. It's it's a it's a strong choice, mm. and uh, and I think that's. I think I like that idea. But the trouble is, then you've got to consider that this is a very different character who needs a different sort of redemptive arc. Mm. And with Darth Vader, it, it's it's sold perfectly in Return of the Jedi. Like mm. it's it's great, and mm. you know, and the only thing they could do to ruin it is if he actually failed to kill Emperor Palpatine. But mm. we ignore that. That's a different film. And also, uh, if he shouts no as he throws him over the balcony. No, mm. do not want. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but that moment of perfect pitch drama where Vader looks at Luke looks at the Emperor and then silently yep. decides to kill the Emperor mm. I always thought all my life is just missing someone saying no yeah yeah, yeah. ideally just sort of loud enough to drown out the John Williams stirring music mm. going on behind it mm. no no just no screamed over that is what yeah, I perfect. that's what I want to see from a film uh, James L. Jones must look at his phone sometimes when it rings and he pick it up and just go you want me to say no again, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I imagine there's a bit of that. I also imagine that every time he does pick up his phone, he says, What? <laughs> I imagine that's... That's always something... Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to give credit here because I'm sort of stealing a bit to some degree because mm. in, in the Peter Serafinowicz show... Yes. There's the sketch where Darth Vader meets what is effectively just a lady Darth Vader and yes. fancies her. And it's yeah. very funny. But the key thing that his James Earl Jones impression gets right is, what? Yeah. And just every time you hear it, it's just so correct and so funny. It's stunning. That was a what? great series. It's a shame mm. they never... Well, that's another, that's another podcast worth of chat about Paris, Peter Serafinovich's series. Can we do the deep dive? Do you think Great Big Owl's got space for like a deep dive uh, Peter Serafinovich show and possibly It's Kevin re-watching a podcast? I think, yeah. I think so. And I think we could probably also get the real Kevin Eldon to host it. So Probably. Do you think he'd yeah. want to? Do you think that'd be too painful? Uh, I, think he'd, I think he'd probably find it strange and not want to do it. Yeah. That's my genuine, <laughs> my genuine prediction. Mm. I get that a lot. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, now, John, this is strange. I don't want to do it. Okay, Tom, no worries. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you. Uh, now, what? What? Um, Finn. Let's talk about Finn. So, FN2187. Now, the idea here is rather the rather than the stormtroopers being clones, which I've never liked as an idea anyway. No, no. They're now children that are stolen from birth and raised to be stormtroopers, which is more believable, I think. It's nice. It's also it's very like uh, the judges in, in Judge Dredd yeah. is, is a similar thing. You're, you you have to be so indoctrinated into the system of justice that you have to be recruited as a child and become a cadet. And I sort of ima- and it immediately works, I think, that idea. Do you think Judge Judy used to be one of them? Well, escaped. famously, she escaped the. Uh, she managed. She took the long walk out into the, the cursed earth. I was going to say the cursed earth. Yeah. And it turns out that all this talk about like you know, there's only two mega cities left, and then there's Tex Mex City down below, and it's all nonsense. She just walked mm. out, and she found L.A. was just there. Yeah. And she went, "Oh, I'm starting my own TV show where I'm a judge." Mm. And then that's and that's the secret twist behind all of Judge Dredd. Hey, you know who else walked the cursed earth? Which brings us back to this. Yep. Max von Sydow. Yes, that's yes. Of course, he did. He was yeah. yes. He was uh, Chief Justice Marion. Uh, uh, Marion, yes, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. he he didn't die. He was actually made immortal by the devil. That's right. And then he spent you know fifty odd years serving as the Chief Justice of the Justice Department in Mega yeah. City One. That's right. And then when he took the walk into the cursed earth, yeah. he found an old spaceship. Ship. Yeah. And then he travelled back in time to a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that's how he ended up at the start of The Force Awakens. Which is more believable than the spaceship they find in Rise of the Skywalker, which makes no sense. We'll, we'll oh, okay. Get, yeah, we won't talk there about that now. Well, no, I, you know, I haven't seen it, John, so don't spoil it for me. Sorry, Tom. I'm watching um, it tonight. I'm so excited. I've yeah. heard only great things. I cannot wait to see this epic trilogy concluded faultlessly. Mm-hmm. You're in for a treat. Excellent. Thank you. Face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart Seven. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts? Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart Seven, every weekday at 7 a.m. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, now, Poe and Finn become best friends. They do. But they're not gay, everyone, all right? All right. Um, uh, well, they might be. Well, you watch episode nine, you'll see they're not, okay? What do they do? They both sort of. <laughs> I like to imagine that just to clear everything up for like Middle America for the Bible Belt. There's a scene where they both go into just a space bar, and then each of them separately walks off to a different woman, and then like tongue kisses them like passionately for ages, mm. and the camera just sort of lingers on it, swapping between them, going, "Look, look at this. Look, don't misinterpret this." I mean, that basically happens. Oh right, okay. Sort of. Uh, po, oh, I've ruined it for myself now. A lady appears in episode nine who Poe used to be in a relationship with, and at the end right. they they kiss with tongues, I think. But it's an entirely different star system millennia ago. Why mm. why are they prescribed to sexual roles? Well, exactly. I mean, the Greeks are probably all pansexual. The Greeks, I mean, all those aliens to, as well. Yeah, the Greeks used to you know wash each other's bits and laugh. Are you telling me that no character in A New Hope, none of them, ri- are you telling me that none of them really wanted to kiss Max Rebo? Uh, I, I did. Yeah, I worked on the end of his long trunk. Like, I, oh, lovely. Hang on, Max... you telling me nobody got it on off camera with Max Rebo? Max Rebo's in Jedi, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Oh, is he in Max... Oh, you've, you've out-nerded me. Who is it is in, who heads up the Moss Eisley Cantina Band? Oh, my gosh. No, I think he is. He's in Return of the Jedi. You're yeah. quite right. Yeah. Moss Eisley Cantina Band. They're called something like Fun Fun and the Fun Funs, I think. The fun, fun, and the jolly boys. Yeah, that's uh, Figrin Dan and the modal nodes. There you go. See, it just rolls off the tongue. There you go. And there's two of them have those sort of grey alien, sort of slightly phallic heads with Mm. big black eyes in them. Which are their genitals? Yeah, and that's the they're playing the pipes with their with their penises. The pipes of peace. They (laughs) they they contract their diaphragms in such a way Uh and then release the oxygen. To fire out of their head urethras into their clarinets. Beautiful. And that's what gives us the beautiful music we've come to love. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. So, yeah. Poe and Finn are best friends. Okay, they're best, they're platonic best friends. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. Isn't it funny that when Finn is with his Stormtrooper battalion... Yes. ...racing around this town in Jakku, his, his best... His Stormtrooper buddy is murdered by yep. Poe. And then the blood's wiped on his mask... Yeah, I suppose that is an odd thing. I guess they're kind of trying to create the impression of, you know, these people who are star-crossed platonic friends. uh, Mm. Throughout this war, they they keep sort of bumping into each other and and there's there's a sort of a connection that binds them, but it's almost an invisible one to each of them. Also... Like, I don't know. It's not... I I wonder. Like, it is an odd choice, but I suppose it it seems intentional to me. You sort of would assume that Finn would not necessarily know it was him that had done it or... But I suppose yeah. he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. That yeah. is a strange choice. Anyway, sorry, yes. You're right, it is strange. That's my, also, that my conclusion. Also, Finn is very upset by death. Okay. Yeah. He, he has PTSD, as we call it these days, but in those days, obviously, it didn't exist. No, back then, no. Long, it was just, a long time ago. It was just ago. called Pull Yourself Together a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Get back to work in the butchers. That's right. War's over. Yeah. Space war's over. Yeah. Baby killer. That's right. 
that's the sort of thing. Yeah. Spitting on the spitting on the stormtroopers as they come back home that's right. in, a, in a motorcade through the <laughs> capital city of Corellia. Yeah. Boo. Ooh. You weren't there, man. You killed Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. He was pretty cool. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. Boo. Well, not you directly, but the people you work for. Boo. No, I understand what you're saying. Boo me. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like that. That's exactly it. Um, so, yeah, well, Finn's upset by it. and uh, But, again, this is a bit of JJ, isn't it? That he's got the blood and his mask, so we know which one he is. Yeah, really um, nice visual signalling there. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they wipe out the entire village and they take Poe away with them. But, meanwhile, Poe is with cute little toy BB-8 robot. Yeah, adorable little toy. Yeah, yeah who uh, I think is voiced a combination of Ben Schwartzman and Bill Hader, I believe. I think it's Ben Schwartz is involved. I don't, but the thing is, they, they seem... Sorry, Schwartz, yeah. Yeah, he's, they seem to have got... Uh, you're thinking of Jason Schwartzman, who I mm. think was also a voice of BB-8. Uh, mm. Every American comedian, every man American comedian was at some point. Mm. But they keep talking about how they... like. It, it, it seems to me that every time I hear one of them talk about this, each of them says, yeah, but they never used it in the end. Yeah. And so you go, well, what is it then? Yeah. <laughs> it's a synthesizer. They got in all of these A-list celebrities to come in and just do like... Uh, and then they went yep great there's your 10 grand off you mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. now we're not using that yeah it's fucking terrible money to burn JJ yeah. it's unbelievable it's probably them just being polite yeah that's great thanks Bill bye really good oh, yeah it's fucking yeah. terrible we can't use that <laughs> bloody Bill Hader well Bill Hader just came in and did like a tight 10 about marriage mm. so it was like oh we can't use that was it like his tight 10 he does in it chapter 2 where nobody laughs yes I think so I think it yeah. is it's very much identical Hey guys, just uh, wanted to tell you, married life is kind of crazy in some ways. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, Bill. That's Cheers, a wrap. Bill. Cheers. We're oh. going to use that for the little robot guy. <laughs> Imagine if they did, though. Yeah. What's that, BB-8? <laughs> oh, okay. uh, you know when the toothpaste has the cap left off and you think, honey, who did this? You know, like, I'd really like that. I think what bb is saying is... <laughs> That'd be C-3PO translating him, you see. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's doing some fairly insipid comedy about married life, General. Oh, he says he can do the voice of a tauntaun. Would you like to hear it? No. No, not really. No, no. I've heard it's it so fine. many fucking times. No. Really? It's pretty great. <laughs> you he's only doing, hear my Chewbacca? He's doing Alan Alder now. Who? Speaking Alan Alder. Of, yeah, Alan Alder. He's going to be born 10 millennia from now in a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, no, fine. Thank you. Oh, boy. The um, Speaking of Chewbacca, yeah. I, there's, obviously everyone has a, you know, everyone has a Chewbacca impression. Yeah. But I wanted to point this out because he does it. He does it. Chewbacca's great in this, by the way, and I love him. Mm-hmm. And um, Even though he one, looks weird, but yeah. What, would, what have you got a complaint? I have. I think he looks weird in this. He doesn't look like oh. the old Chewbacca. I find him lovable. I think he does look slightly different. I wonder mm. if they've tried to make it look like he's aged, but yeah. you can't really put wrinkles on him because he's all hairy. So they've yeah. tried to change his shape a bit in some way. But I, I love, I love mm. him. Like how he's used as a character is is, is more. I mean, yeah. But yeah. What I love that he does, and he does this in all of his appearances, mm. is is when he's sort of particularly moved, he gives you the the classic. Mm. But if if he's just sort of waffling along about something, uh, then he goes. <laughs> And that's my favourite Chewbacca. That's that's Chewbacca starting his car in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a shame Eddie Large has died. He'd love that. He would. He'd love it. He'd yeah. love that. Some great, some great fodder. Yeah. Hey, tell Bill Hader. Bill Hader could use that for the next 
BB-8 you've just or got the a, next whatever robot it is, uh, RD-92 or something, I don't know. You've just got a job in his writer's room, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Can you do a Honey, I can't get you back at a start this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy when you can't get you back at a start in the morning? Like, it was working fine yesterday. <laughs> That sort of thing. I That's, think. I think. Listen. I think we've pitched our new trilogy. I think we have. Also, in terms of Bill's tight ten, I'd say that's a very loose fifteen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, it, it, one man's tight ten is another man's HBO special. So it certainly is. Yeah. Well, we all need some of those. But I, I could use a couple. I could. I could definitely use an HBO special. Donald Gleeson looks completely lost in this film. He that's does. a note I've written down. Well, he looks lost in all three, sadly, because he's <laughs> he is brilliant. But, I love him. I think he's so good. I love him in Ex Machina. He's mm-hmm. brilliant in that. Carries the whole movie. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love him in... Um, oh, gosh, the other one I love him for. Oh, it's completely left my Peter head. Peter Rabbit. Anyway, Peter Rabbit, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. The, you mean Peter Rabbit where, for no reason, Peter Rabbit is just a dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's amazing in that. Yeah. But there's... Um, yes, he's great in... Uh, oh, so many things. Donald Gleeson's brilliant. Yeah. But it is like, throughout, every time the camera's on him, it's like they've they've just not told him what he's supposed to be doing. He does seem mildly miscast because he's better than this. I mean, it's a you know, it's not a great part, is it? It's not. I mean, all it is is shouting. Mm. Like, it's just, and then there's a whole Nazi rally scene, which is something they managed to never do in the original trilogy. But yeah. it makes sense that you have, if you have this sort of, well, let's be honest, the, the first order is the alt right, yeah, and so you're going to have your tiki torch rally at some point, mm. and and so he's up there, but it and it and he's that bit he's perfectly good in, but. There's just a sort of, I don't know if this is a choice that was made at some point, but there's a sort of look of total uncertainty in his eyes at all times, mm. which isn't sort of what you, you consider Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin, mm. you know, in, in A New Hope. He's he's totally steely cool throughout. Yeah. And he's got this sort of, you know, uh, stern British fascist sort of look about him. And it, and that works really well. And in this, Donald Gleeson just looks—he looks very, very young and slightly confused. Well, this is what they tried to fix in episode nine because they brought in Richard E. Grant as his superior. Oh, okay. Which works better as a dynamic. I can see him doing it very well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. He's in full with nail mode. Is he? Like, no, oh, he's on holiday by mistake. We've, we've, no, no, he isn't. No. Okay. No. Yeah. But he's it's a shame that it's a shame that we didn't. We haven't got. Um, uh, uh, oh gosh, Uncle Monty. It's a shame we haven't got Richard, Richard Griffiths. Richard Griffiths to, to play an, an imperial officer. I'd like that. Yeah, Hux, you terrible cunt. <laughs> grand Grand Emperor Snoke, total cunt. Yeah, we could have called this film with Droid and I. Yes, oh. that would have been good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we meet Ray now. She's scavenging, Ray. as you mentioned earlier. She's scavenging inside a. A uh, decrepit old star destroyer that's crashed into the Jacuzian desert. That's how it's mm. called. Um, what a metaphor! Exploring for scraps within a giant deceased old husk. Oh, what a metaphor! And I and I don't actually have that opinion about this film. But if I did, that's a brilliant sort of again, Mark Kermode. So I'll put down. I could have used to describe it. Oh, Kermode would love that. He'd be frothing in his Bloody pants. Love it. <sighs> his hair would go all flat. Flat. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, I imagine it being like Asterix's wings on his helmet. Mm. If he's a bit aroused or, or even sad, they just sort of flop down. I reckon if you um, if you untangle all that hair, I reckon there's a little mouse in there that knows lots about films. <laughs> that's working the controls. <laughs> like Ratatouille. Yeah, yeah. That's why he, he thought a hat would be too... He thought a chef's toque would be too too obvious, so he just got a big quiff. I reckon it's getting bigger and bigger because the, the mouse is getting older. Yeah. Getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, and What's he going to do also... when that mouse dies? 
Uh, well, I think he's going to have to just lean heavily, heavily on mayo. Just right. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, but that's all right. Or, or at least the the rat that lives in Simon Mayo's hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And did you also know that mm. if you pull Mark Cohen's left nipple, his eyebrow, his eyebrows fall off. I that's didn't another know that. fact people don't know about him. I had no idea. Keeps live, cra- live uh, crabs in his pants. That's another one. Wow, um, Jesus Christ. There's all sorts of things people don't know about. It's all uh, going to come out when he, when, he, when he goes. It's all going to come out, isn't it? I know, I know. Yeah. Kermode in crab pants scandal. It's going to be, yeah. God, dear, dear. Talk of the town. Oh, I, don't, I don't want to dwell on that anymore. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, but this, is, this contains the shot that was used heavily in the trailer, which I think is a great shot of her on her speeder going away and going through the desert. And you see the Star Destroyers all just... The scale of it, yeah, lovely. Beautiful. Mm. And the little details he puts in here, like when she goes past and there's like an animatronic little buzzard thing biting into metal. Little, yeah. little things like that that were missing from the prequels and stuff like that. Just Bits of world building. I, saw, I made yeah. some notes about the aesthetic of Star Wars because it mm. is a sort of, there is a quite a tight, the aesthetic of Star Wars is a fairly tight Overton window, mm. um, which is a phrase I like to use more often than I understand it. Right. And I think that the parameters of the Star Wars um, aesthetic, what you need is very, very dirty planets and very, very clean, shiny corridors. Yeah. Those are the two things you need if you want to have a sort of rounded feel of Star Wars. But did you notice that Ray is very on brand for 2020? Tell me more. Well, she makes her own bread. Of course she does. Well, she, yeah. hang on. She doesn't make her own bread. No, she sort of does. She sort it's like she's, listen, it's like she's bought ready, you know, instant Morrison's pizza-based dough, mm-hmm. you know, and she's just flung it on a tray and gone, look, I made my own pizza. Like, you didn't make your own pizza. Right, don't have a go at her. I'm having she's a go got. At you, John, and your oh. homemade pizzas that you're putting oh. on Instagram all time of the day and night. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I, I just keep trying to top myself. <laughs> Please don't top yourself. I know things are tough at the moment. <laughs> uh, what but, are the podcast listeners going to do? Oh, they'll find someone else. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Paul F. Tompkins or someone. Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins. I love him. And you. Oh, thanks, Tom. Uh, oh. You're welcome, John. That's very nice of you. That's all right. Um, do, you, do you like that she lives in an attic? Yes, I like that. I, I, mm. Do you know? I actually didn't take in that she lives inside it. I took in that mm. she shelters in its in its underbelly at yeah, one point. Yeah, but yes, love it. All these little things, yeah, and this sort of idea that you're seeing the aftermath of you know the greater war between the rebels and the empire. All that stuff's great. And it was never really. It's a bit undercut by the fact that another empire, basically identical, started immediately afterwards. Yeah, it's and like, nothing ever actually changed. It's like when Gate- Gateway went and they became Summerfield. I know exactly. Or yeah. it's like when the post office changed their name to Consignia and then back again. And Spastic Society and Scope. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. They've rebranded it, you fool. You've rebranded the Empire as the first order. Now everyone's going, what, so is it like a democracy? And they go, no, it's an empire. It's like, well, why don't you just call it the Empire then? And why, in that case, why did the re- the re- rebellion re- rebrand themselves as the resistance? Yeah, quite. I mean, they're still a rebellion and they're a resistance. I guess be because the they thought, well, listen, if they're if they're like having a brand switch, then so are we. We're not going to be the same old fusty rebellion. I imagine Leia coming down the stairs and saying, look, the old the eggheads in marketing have put their heads together and decided we're now going to be the resistance. Yeah, I'm picturing it quite Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Like, I think she's coming and saying, look what those bitches at the Empire have done. Mm. We're changing everything. This isn't my Carrie Fisher. This is a generic sort generic. of fashion editor I, I type. took it to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, on that topic, Carrie mm. Fisher... Mm. Amazing in this film. Mm. Her and, and Harrison Ford, I loved both of them. I loved seeing them act together. I loved seeing them independently doing their thing. I really liked where those characters had like ended up, and I believed it. He has energy that he hasn't had for a long time in this, which is nice. A lot more than in Indiana Jones 4, I'll tell you that Fucking much. too right, yeah. But, <laughs> but I, don't, 
I don't want to sound like Dr. Reddit, but mm-hmm. I don't like what they've done with Han Solo in this. Dr. Reddit, is that you? Uh, no, do, do tell me, because I, I was sold, but if you were not, I'd like I, to hear about I it and then debate you. I don't like that he's gone back to being a smuggler. I liked it in Jedi that he has become, he's become General Solo, hasn't he? He has, but I sort of like the explanation he gives, which is that he he went back to the only thing he was ever good at. Like He sort of tried to be a, a great leader and a dad and failed and went, oh, right, well. And I, I guess I sort of like the idea that he's, he develops over those films, but you get the impression that this is the same guy that we knew then, but just things haven't gone right for him. And he's fallen back, you know, into the into the gutter. And I quite, I quite like that. Like, maybe it's not the most auspicious place to find him again, but, mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of... Something about him being the perennial chancer, and he can't quite get away from that, I quite enjoyed. But I like what I like about Return of the Jedi, though, is that he kind of, towards the end, embraces the fact that he wants to fight with the Rebellion. Yeah. And to, 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 in the intervening years, for him to be like, no, no I'm just going to go back to being a... Well, because the brand management worked on him. He went, mm. well, the Empire's fallen, there's just these First Order guys. They're probably, I don't know, like a sort of um, constitutional monarchy or something. I'm just going to bugger off and have a load of fun. And Leia's going, no, 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 it's basically the Empire. And he goes, like, look, if it was the Empire, they'd call it the Empire. Mm. And then he just buggered off, and by then it was too late. Do you think it was like when everybody was going, well, Trump's not going to win? No, exactly. We don't yeah. have to and worry then, about I, I, I don't want to vote for Hillary uh, mm. uh, slash Biden. And Trump's mm. never going to win, so I just won't bother. Yeah. Yeah. We're not worried about the first order. They, they, they won't do anything. Ah, they're just like, they're ludicrous. This, this, this Adolf Hitler's just a comical little clown. Mm. No one need worry about him. He's just this amusing little silly man with his little moustache. Mm. It's that sort of... Han Solo is the Chamberlain of the galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. He is, unfortunately, in this. Yeah. Yes. This means peace in our galaxy far, far away. So she, yeah, after she makes her bread, instant bread, mm. uh, she rescues BB-8, who's being captured by some weird little robot monster. He's a Jawa with a robot face. I'm yeah. still not sure whether he was a Jawa wearing a prosthetic or whether he's a different alien. Jawa with a robot face sounds like a line out of a Paul Simon song. It actually does. Yeah. I was going to say uh, uh, Billy Idol, but mm. I think mm. you're, you're nearer the mark. <laughs> It could be a, a line and call me out. with a little robot face <laughs> at the cinematographer's party. Coming down the, the alley. the hut was hugging all the dip and there was a jowl with a robot face. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's good. And Paul, Paul Simon was married to Princess Leia. That is true as well. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. It all works together. Um, so in the morning, she takes BB-8 with her. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. Finn rescues Poe because he wants to get away. That's right. Yes, he does. Finn is interesting as well. I, th- I feel like they could have got more out of that, out of his, well, what he is. Yeah, he's backstage. I would have, I, I, and again, I'm going to guess this isn't done from based on what I've heard about Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely but, not. No, he's barely in yeah. it. You would, indeed, you would think that a huge part of the downfall of the First Order would be um, him deprogramming stormtroopers. Mm. Because he's he's living proof that you can not only you know, turn away from the dark side, but you can be a great hero of, of the Resistance. Mm. And you sort of feel like there's a natural end point to that, especially as they've set up this idea that, you know, obviously stormtroopers seem to sort of come from anywhere. But mm. as far as we're aware, under the First Order, they're, like you say, they're programmed from childhood. Yeah. And him as a sort of, you know, like the, the Phelps family's children, the Westboro Baptist Church kids who go away and then devote all of their lives to deprogramming cult members. Mm-hmm. He, he could have been like the uh Dakota Phelps I can't remember her real name of of the of the first order she could have gone around doing ted he could have gone around doing ted talks about you know well you you might think the empire's all you've got you know you 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 love the empire you love your fellow stormtroopers and you want to do right for them but you've got to realize at the end of the day they don't always want what's best for you mm. 
I think that would have made a lovely sequence, but apparently, no. no. Apparently, it's better in the next in the next uh, episode nine if he just stands around watching Ray do things, shouting Ray. <laughs> well, that's you know, John Boyega, right? He's a fantastic young actor, and they mm. want to use him to the maximum ability. Mm-hmm. He's very which good at is shouting, shouting Ray. Yeah. yeah, he is good at shouting. To be fair, he's got a good shouting face. Yeah, he's great. his face does good things. He is brilliant. Mm. I love him. Mm. He got a lot of slack for this, didn't he? When he got the by racists. Yeah, all the races just can't. I've, I do sort of feel like there is... The the problem... The thing is, the internet's great, right? Because mm. it's got a democratising effect and it gives everybody an equal opportunity to express themselves. Yeah. But you do spend a lot of time just doing the housekeeping of distancing a conversation from the idiots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you sort of feel like, you know, there should be a form you fill in or like a little... You know the blue tick on Twitter? Mm. Like, maybe just a little poo emoji or something. So that, like, you know, if you've got the poo emoji, it's like, okay, I won't listen to anything you have to say. And yeah. on, you know, Reddit and, and everything else. And, mm. and you know, Yahoo Answers, whatever. Mm. And so Ask that geez. you can have conversations like, oh, I, I don't like the last two seasons of Doctor Who. Mm. And somebody else will go, I agree with you, mate. It's terrible that there's a woman in the leading role. And you can go, mm. no, no, no. It's like you just don't want to have to do all that housekeeping. Mm. And so in the same way, if you've got any concerns about any... Uh, product which features any sort of inclusive anything, mm. you you don't want to immediately have to be thrown in with the <laughs> with the worst people in the universe. Yes, that would be all lovely. of whom are Doctor Who fans. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them are. Yeah, and you know they're the ones you have to avoid if you want to ever enjoy any Doctor Who. Mm, that's a shame. Which is why I'm lobbying for this this poo emoji deal that I was mentioning earlier. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I mean, particularly with the Star Wars people. It became very toxic. First, first one, Trump, very first person to get one, will be Donald Trump, the President of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah with a little blonde wig on it. Ah, uh, yes. In fact, mm. they could all have a little blonde wig just to really mm. ram the point home. Mm. And that's end of part one of this episode of Smirchpod. We'll be back later in the week with part two. So please stick around. But in the meantime, why not like, subscribe, review, enjoy, share, tell everybody you like. And, you know, why not even buy Thunderbook? Hey, why not? See you next time. Hello, you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, it's Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl Isolation Podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Rule of Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your musicals, your bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Great Big Owl.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 